Welcome to another episode of the Duke Vlog, where we talk about real estate stories, have a good time. A lot of these stories are kind of like case studies. Uh, they are legitimate real stories that I am a part of. I'm a realtor here in the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area. I specifically live in the Milton, Ontario area. So we do a lot of Peel and Halton. And sometimes we get into the Toronto and Hamiltons. Uh, due to various clients over the years that own property there and they call us back and such and we're feeling great We're having a really fun week. It's already Wednesday. I think it's the 26th of August man summer uh, Is going by it's still warm outside although today's not that warm. I think 21 I actually had to uh, put on long pants on my son when I walked him to daycare but it's actually a great day for like running and jogging and stuff. So I'm thinking about getting my uh, big butt out there and uh, getting back to running. I for sure after this podcast and then sitting on the computer looking up for clients, uh, different houses and stuff like that for a couple hours, we'll need to get up and move my butt. And uh, my daughter, Zoe, was born two Mondays ago. She is now nine days old and she's doing well. She's opening up her beautiful little eyes now a lot more. Uh, my wife uh, is doing a great job with her. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's funny uh, as a new dad when you have a brand new baby because really like the mother does like 90%, maybe like 95% of the work. Sure, when I'm home and I'm around, I'm holding her and uh, changing her and doing whatever I can. But really, I'm not really feeding her like she's nursing and she's having a good time you know <laughs> for those of you just listening that was a shoulder shrug <laughs> but uh i'm doing the best i can helping her wherever i can uh prepping food for for meals and stuff like that yesterday i actually had uh back to back to back appointments so she had to take care of both kids in the evening uh, and uh yeah i got home she was pretty tired but uh she made it so good for her uh, everyone does their part, right? And really, today's episode is really going to be about uh, one story in particular that literally happened yesterday. And I thought it was actually a fantastic story. There's a lot of lessons to be learned here uh, when it comes to trying to buy a home in Toronto. In Toronto is the toughest real estate market. I'm talking about legitimately Toronto, the Toronto Postal Code. What happens in the city is that uh, people generally have the most amount of money in the big city. So a lot of homes become very competitive to buy. And even if you have two, three offers, people may boom, throw 50,000 over asking price just because they want it and they can. And that's how insane uh, the real estate market in Toronto is. I think there was an article the other day about a tiny little bungalow I think it had a decent amount of land, like maybe like 40 by 100. So we're talking about like right off the Danforth or something like that. Some kind of like prime real estate. And it was listed for a million dollars. And with uh, 15 offers on it, it went for 1.8 million. So it went for 800,000 over asking. That's just nuts. Okay, we, we don't <laughs> we don't do a lot of real estate in that part of the city because we're on the West End. So thank goodness we weren't one of the agents that had a buyer there that has to rationalize why maybe their buyer went $200,000 over asking and still had no chance on that Toronto listing. So uh, that's how it gets crazy. Now, 
because I don't do a lot of Toronto, I can't share these stories with you guys all the time. But people call me, uh, I get referrals from different clients that have purchased in the city. And every situation is different, but it's always intense or super competitive. And there's always a lot to learn. So let's jump in with the first story. And by the way, I did add a little bit of music at the beginning, so I hope you guys liked it. I just uh, noticed on my Movavi uh, video editor that, uh, you know, obviously there's a ton of music tracks there. I've used them before, so I just use one I really like. I think it's called like Morning Glory or something like that. So it does sound like something I'd want to like get up and move on and be like, yeah, I'm going to celebrate. Really, that's that's how the days are like yesterday. Like yesterday was a very interesting day. I came home super late. <laughs> I always find my days to be, um, I think, super action packed these days. Whether I'm working, I'm actively going on appointments or I'm just searching for homes for clients or I'm dealing with a listing or I just have my kids in my hands because I got a three year old and then a brand new baby. There's just so much to do. Like literally from the point you go to sleep, there's nonstop things to do. Um, and it's not like overwhelming. It's more like just like fun. Every day's fun. Uh, so kind of even I'll talk about, let's start talking about yesterday. So yesterday I had a typical day, uh, woke up early with my son, took him to daycare, started work on the computer right away, had a few appointments. Now the client that I'm going to talk about today, uh, they're, uh, they're a nice family, a typical family that actually probably should have bought a house last year. They probably didn't save that much more money because I did show them a house last year and then they just ghosted to the point where I like every time I texted them, they, uh, or called them, whatever, they just ghosted, ghosted. So whenever that happens, um, you know, you should follow up, wish them like a happy birthday or Merry Christmas or whatever, just to make sure they're alive <laughs> and still remember you mostly. Uh, so that's what I was doing. And then once in a while, I'd be like, okay, yeah, Merry Christmas to you too or something. And so finally, two weeks ago, they messaged me. They'd like to see this home. So boom, something happened. They saw a home and uh, they want to see it. Now, you guys have to understand is that a lot of these clients I have, uh, especially ones that are on the fringes. Sometimes I'll just keep the home search options going. So what that means is uh, there's two general systems where people uh, can use search for homes that I can provide for them. One is very basic. It's been around for a long time. And this one I use for her, but the other one might've been better in hindsight. It's called collaborate or like you can put your criteria of what home you want, what your price, your budget, your geographical area, and it'll automatically email you a home basically like real time like if the listing comes out like five minutes ago it may email you that home in the next 10 minutes so it's super efficient but the other one is kind of like just a daily update so you have your uh, all your criteria and then the next morning whatever came out the day before it'll email you so i had her on there and um she's i've been talking with her of course her husband i met him but uh i've been talking with her i guess she's mm, i wouldn't say the decision maker but uh, definitely the person that is spearheading the home home purchase uh, process. And I actually did find out at the end of the day that her husband uh, kept talking about a recession last year. So the reason why they delayed uh, purchasing a home last year is probably because she gave in to his uh, counter arguments that uh, homes will probably go down in price and why would we buy a home now? So 
my ref my response to that is you know everyone's entitled to their own opinion absolutely i work in real estate my goal is to acquire as much real estate as possible because the market has gone up every year in the last 10 years so this being 2020 from 2010 the average appreciation has got up seven percent so homes have literally doubled in 10 years just straight up doubled some of them sometimes even tripled depending on certain areas that have you know uh, homes like uh, Kitchener and Oshawa and stuff like that have like skyrocketed because they used to be like places that not a lot of people really wanted to purchase real estate and they were super cheap and then now they become like quality places to live and there's nothing wrong with that they have go train stations lots of businesses are going um so if you have to put in perspective if they had bought a house last year they probably would have uh bought a home for around 60 to let's say 60 to 70,000 less for the exact same house that they're looking for now. So guys, if you're thinking about waiting for a recession, I wouldn't recommend it as a good strategy. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, like let's say there's a real recession in five years, boom, home prices drop 15%. Okay. So let's do basic math. If, if, for example, in the next five years, I'm saying that in the last 10 years, the average home prices have risen 7%. So let's say instead they rise just 5%. Or let's say they rise, let's do something crazy. Let's say they rise 3%. So now for the next five years, 3%, 3%, 3%, 3%. So they've already risen 15%. Okay. Now, boom, the market drops a recession. They've gone down 15%. This is pretty much the exact same as what they started out with today, right? But you would have already made appreciate, you have already paid off a certain amount of mortgage. So at the worst case scenario, you're going to break even. At the best case scenario, though, it continues to rise at 7%. So 7%, 7%, 7%, 7%. Maybe the value of that house is like 25% higher in 25 years to 30% higher in five years than right now. And then it drops 15%. It's still way more, way better than, uh, and way more valuable than it was at that point after a 50% drop in five years, than it would be, you know, otherwise, right? So get yourself a home as soon as possible. My advice to you is if you're on a budget, look at what's the best uh, values for your budget and then just get the best property you can. Because first of all, if, if in case you don't want to live there, rent is, through the roof you know like uh, cities like brampton if you rent a three-bedroom bungalow and you don't even include the basement it's like 2300 minimum just for a three-bedroom one washroom mississauga's worse toronto's way worse so like the rents are just skyrocketing i even read articles where like sault st marie which is like way far way up north uh, but they have mining companies that need people to they need housing so like rent is like pretty high there too uh, obviously not comparable to the GTA, but like based on the values of like homes, they're pretty high. So uh, that's kind of like what I told this client who, um, you know, they didn't have that strong of a budget. Maybe um, I think she said she's pre-approved for 575. Now, when I showed them a house two weeks ago on Saturday, they didn't love the house, but they was it was good enough and they didn't put an offer on it. But I said, OK, now that we've looked at a house. You guys need to get your pre-approval. And that's what she did. So this week, uh, or actually last week, she, uh, I think on Saturday, she, this being Wednesday, she called me. She said the bank's approved her for 575. We go out and we look at a couple more homes yesterday on Tuesday. 
Now, she only asked me to look at one home. So here's the first tip. I've already talked about this before. Even, especially that we are just beginning to look at homes, never show a client just one home because you need to compare that home with something else. Maybe the other home you show them is even better or maybe the other home is worse, but so making the first home look even more valuable. Maybe they don't like any of them. Maybe they like all of them. You know, then you move on. At least they give you some feedback about every home. So I ended up booking two more homes. Uh, one of them was another. So basically we looked at a three bedroom, two washroom condo townhouse, which is affordable. It was listed at 555. So in our budget, I showed her another one that's like 550. That was only two bedrooms, one bathroom, but it was newer. Uh, when we saw that one, she she told me it's a stacked townhouse, so that means um, it's like three different levels in a building, and this one was on the highest level, so it was like all on one floor, but it was all on the third floor, and she said that her husband wouldn't like it because it's on stairs. Uh, the other tip I have to say about that is like obviously when looking at homes, try to always come with your significant other so you guys can make decisions together. In this case, I guess it worked out because she, again, she's the one pushing the envelope to try to buy a home. She's tired of her husband saying the recession is going to happen when home prices literally just went up like 10% in like a matter of like a few months. Even post COVID, they're still climbing. It's kind of ridiculous. Uh, I don't really know what to say as a realtor, but you know, it's all good. Okay, I'm going to stop here for a second. My client's calling. All right, where were we? So basically, I showed her these three uh, homes. First one was great, like she liked it. It's uh, very spacious, it was super clean. So good job for the listing agents to clean it up. Um, they had a couple new appliances and it looked pretty good to be honest. Uh, maintenance fees were good, uh, they're $450, which is uh, relatively good because a lot of units here, this is like the Rexdale area. It's not far from Jane and Finch. So it would be one of the most, uh, the cheapest areas I guess you can say in Toronto. Uh, and then another comparable would be like some areas in Scarborough and something like that. But Jane and Finch, uh, but not in Jane and Finch, a few blocks away. So it's like, okay, right? It's an up and coming neighborhood anyways, because these are the most affordable places. So a lot of first time home buyers are now buying in here. So making the areas a little bit better, especially over the years. Second one, you know, they don't like, she told me her husband doesn't like stairs. Great. So that's out. Third one was a, a condo, which actually looked pretty good uh, overall, uh, but the building looked old. So now... The first one, she's like, yeah, I really like that one, uh, but my husband's at work. The trick is, is that they actually are taking offers at like uh, 7 p.m. And we saw it at like 2 p.m. And I'm like, hey, look, they're taking offers today. Um, and I'm like, talk to your husband. Like, if you want to go, like, this could get sold tonight. So do you want to try to get it? No, she keeps talking about how awesome it was. Um the location specifically for her work and that the high school is close for her son who's 14 going on 15. Uh, she was telling me that a whole nother ball game <laughs> compared to my three-year-old, uh, her 14 and 15 year old. So, so great. Um, I actually go and I show other homes and then she calls me, her husband says, yes. Now the whole time he's at work. Uh, one of the tricks we can do guys, especially if, uh, one of the, one of the buyers is unavailable to sign, like he literally does factory work. So like, it's not like he can just get out. Um, like he's, he's on shifts, right? Uh, is, uh, I actually got the client, the wife, 
let's call her um, Judy. I got Judy to uh, put her name on the offer only, not her husband. So she's available to sign. We put her name only. If she gets the, the unit, we can make an amendment. So we remove her name and then add her name and her husband's name. Boom, done deal. Husband only needs to initial and sign at that point. So let's try to get this place for her. What, what was incredible a little bit about this story, amongst numerous things, is that I finished my appointments at like 6, 10, and I'm like not even close to my office. Like I'm like north. And I need to print out this offer. Like I need to make it. What's really cool is that the listing agent told me that she's meeting her clients at the property at like eight o'clock. So we actually have maybe an hour and a half to get this offer and we can even give it to her in person. Now, back in the day, pre COVID, it sounds funny when you say back in the day, um, you know, as soon as six months ago, when people were uh, openly okay to meet each other, <laughs> uh, you always want to present an offer and have your client there in person instead of emailing it or any other alternative. Those being the two basic ones. So if she said that we can bring the offer to her, aka present it, I may not meet her sellers, I may not meet them in person, but I tell my client, hey, this is our plan now. I'll make the offer, you meet me there like 7.45, we'll go through the offer, we'll sign it and stay with me. That way if we have to make any changes, we're there. And the best thing about this is that if I'm the listing agent and someone says they wanna present an offer, I appreciate their extra effort. And if they bring their clients, being able to quickly make accommodations and initial stuff on the offer, I think they're serious. I think that they should be the ones to get the house. I'm rooting for them to have the best offer and I want to congratulate them in person. It's great. Like this is just a normal human being thing. So we get to the property like 745. I go through the offer. We sign it maybe like 820. Um, we are competing against two other offers. One of them was by email. So they can't make, they decided just to send an offer and uh, the, but the other agent decided to show up in person. However, she doesn't have her client. So as far as I'm concerned, we're competing against one other offer. So we come in with an offer of 5,000 over asking because it's competitive. Uh, you know, we are, this is our, the client's first ever offer. Uh, she just got her pre-approval from the bank last week. She's not, she can't, we can't be so competitive. Like, it's not like we can remove our conditions, like be like, oh, we're so firm. I don't want to do that to her. And if it means losing the house, then that's what it means. We just have to be more prepared next time. But since we're there together, she agreed to take, she even took the bus to meet me there. Uh, she refuses for me to pick her up or whatever. So that, you know, it is what it is. So she's, I tell the agent all this stuff. She's taking the bus. We're serious. As soon as I meet the agent, I show her the 560,000 with, five days conditions for financing, five days conditions for inspection. She looks at me and says, look, I appreciate all your efforts you're driving here, but the other offer is much better. All right. I understand. I take a, I talk to her about a few of the things. Um, and I come back to my client and I say, look, um, your max budget is 575. Um, the only chance we have is to just go the 575 because I know your bank will approve it. Uh, it's, it's, it was a little unique at the moment because she's like, I need to talk to my husband. So uh, can I get back to you tomorrow? 
<laughs> you gotta love first-time homebuyers. They just uh, uh, don't know the significance of the moment, right? The whole time I'm like holding her hand. I tell her to come. I tell her to do this. I tell her, and I'm trying to protect her to make sure that she can qualify and buy this home in the best way we can under the circumstances. And her husband actually does not really pick up the phone if he's working in the factory during his shift unless he's on break. So we call him a few times. Finally, we get lucky. After 20 minutes, he picks up his phone and they discuss the 575 option. I tell them instead of five business days for financing, make it three. Because if you're already pre-approved, your bank should be able to qualify you in three business days. Okay. And uh, increase your deposit. She had 10,000 there. We need to make it 5% of the purchase price. So in this case, 575, we need at least 30,000. Uh, the listing agent, they won't allow that because uh, they need, you know, they need a stronger deposit these days. So we give them a 575. The agent was asking us to drop our conditions because the other offer is better. Okay. So the whole time I'm like, you know what? This is the best we can do. I told the client, she agreed. This is the best we can do. If it doesn't work out, no problem. We'll move on to the next one. All right. Great. So uh, she, we, I drive out of there, she goes, the agent has her offer, this is the best we can do, okay? One of the most important things you guys have to remember is that whenever you think you don't have that much of a chance, but you want to try to purchase a property, you should always, always give it a shot. You never know if you're gonna get lucky. Now maybe, uh, 99 times out of 100 this result would not happen but because we were there because we put the extra effort because we put our max price that she was comfortable putting because we did as much as many things as we could we actually got lucky okay the agent the listing agent gives us a call no one realized at the beginning and I don't know how this happens, to be honest. I'm still a bit shocked. But the other agent that presented the offer made the offer on the wrong real estate form. Instead of making it on the condo resale agreement of purchase and sale, she made it on the freehold resale. So that's a that's a house without a house or townhouse semi without condo fees. So now she has to remake the whole thing go get it signed and uh, and then and then give it to the agent the whole time she was saying the other agent was saying that she's going to improve their offer so basically i'm thinking we have no chance all she has to go is 576 and that's it we're done we're cooked and um, seems like they can afford it they know the units are going they keep going up in value uh, based on what we see out there it's it's great value. Like it's a huge place. It's three full big, big bedrooms, living room, garage, everything. Maintenance fees decent. Okay. So the listing agent tells us that she has to redo it. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> All right, fine. She's going to redo it, right? I'm a little bit shocked. We leave. The listing agent calls back 10 minutes later. Okay. The setup was like this. The house was vacant. All the sellers are there. The listing agent is there. It's a hot evening. The AC is not on. They have no chairs in the place. They've been standing there for two hours. Apparently, 
they say, you know what? Forget this other offer. I don't want to be standing here anymore. Let's accept this pretty reasonable offer and let's move on. Boom. Call me back 10 minutes later. They accepted our offer. They just didn't even want to care for the other agent. And we got the house and we got the house with three days conditions. We can still do a home inspection. We didn't go over the client's budget. She's extremely happy. Today is a bit of a rush in the morning because we got to send all the documents to the bank. We got to get prepared the deposit check, everything like that. But it's all good. We actually got them the house. Holy cow. In terms of the other agent that screwed up, guys, it's a really important to always double check your work. Okay. When I was making the offer, I actually went to Staples and I sat in their computer chair at 630. It closed at 7 p.m. So with the skin of my teeth, I was able to make the whole offer and print out as many comparables and information about the house as I could to show the client. Okay, always make sure you can show the client everything about the property that you can. Uh, the history, comparables. The comparables generally showed that a lot of units were going for more than our budget, like 600000 So we can tell it's good value. But I probably was finished with 20 minutes in 20 minutes to make the offer. Of course, I've been doing this for a long time, so I can make it fairly quickly, but I spent an extra 10 minutes. Every minute's like 50 cents at Staples, okay, guys? Like, instead of 20 bucks, I spent 30 bucks just to review my work. And I made sure I printed two copies of the offer, just in case. That extra 10 minutes would probably cost me five extra dollars of just sitting, double-checking all the work, got us the house. Because if I had made the same mistake, then they would have waited for the other agent uh, to make a new offer I was in the middle of Toronto like it's, it would be really hard to make a new offer very quickly for me I'd have to go all the way back to my office but because we did not make that mistake and we had all the appropriate documentation we went to the property uh, we had a decent offer they even agreed to some of our terms like this place was vacant and we were asking for like 65 days closing Typically, if another agent can offer 30 days closing, they're going to be like, yeah, let's just take that one because we get our money in 30 days instead of two months, you know? And in the end, they were like, yeah, whatever. Let's just give them the two months. This is good enough. And I don't want to wait here anymore. I want to take this. Boom. Wrap it up. Guys, we got a house in multiple offers in Toronto without even dropping our conditions by being there. Maybe 99 times out of 100, it doesn't work out for us because the other offer the agent told me was unconditional, meaning boom, done. They accept it, deal's done. Next day, drop off the check, all wrapped up. Now they give us a chance with our conditions, which we need, especially her being a first time home buyer. She's super nervous. She called me today. She's like, I couldn't sleep, the bank, whatever. As soon as they went to the bank this morning, drop off the documents, the bank's like, great, no problem. We'll take care of this for you. It fits your budget. So now they can rest easy. Hopefully by Friday, we wrap it up. Another client happy. I should <laughs> try to, I'm trying to get to 20, 25 star Google reviews and a 15. Let's go. Those are all this year, by the way, uh, mostly from 2020, but in a 365 day span, starting from last year, they're all 15, five star reviews. Woohoo! Go Duke real estate <laughs> guys. This is my case study. This happened this week. Uh, always be in the game. Always show extra property. If you can do the best you can always present an offer. If you can, and you have given yourself the best chance to get the house of your dreams. Okay, this wasn't a, a detached double car garage home. This is what the client can afford now, and it was the best house they could afford. Maybe in five years, they build up a bunch of equity on the house, and then they could sell it. 
they'll have more than 20% down for the detached house of their dreams. For now, they're happy, they're rejoicing, and that's how you do that's how you do correct real estate. Keep that in mind, guys. Go have fun. The last few weeks of great weather. Enjoy.